0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the Borealis Experience. I'm your host, Aurora, and I'm very excited to be posting this interview today with Jeremy Devins. Jeremy has a yoga podcast called The Quiet Mind Yoga Podcast, and he also has an astrology podcast about Vedic astrology. Make sure to check it out. He's a huge inspiration for me and his podcast helped me through that very long and COVID-influenced winter. He is so much in my life (laughs) that we in my family, we have a term when we say, do you want to do a Jeremy? It means, do you want to do a yoga session, a meditation with Jeremy. Because I see you struggling and I know this will make you feel better. He has an incredible story. He was born into poverty and crime and is now rising up to be an inspiring role model and leader. So I'm very honored to have him here on my show today and to share his story with you. I hope you enjoy this interview. And yeah, feel free to share or send a comment or a review and we will be excited and happy to answer all the questions you have. Welcome on the Borealis Experience Show, Jeremy Devins.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. I really appreciate that intro. (laughs) Uh, So yes, I host the Quiet Mind Yoga Podcast and the Quiet Mind Astrology Podcast. These are separate and yoga practices on the yoga podcast and then astrology insights and horoscopes on the astrology one. And it's Vedic astrology, which is from the same source texts of the Vedas as yoga teachings. And a lot of what I teach now is very much uh, from that tradition and path. It's so helpful in my life. And I've had a really sort of uh, interesting life, I guess, I could say. I think everyone could say that. But I had a very difficult childhood, no father, and very unusual upbringing. And uh, it led me to ask a lot of questions and try a lot of different things. And then I end up finding yoga at a relatively young age, in my early 20s. Uh, So there's a lot of things I could touch on, but I'm curious if there's anything in particular you'd want me to focus on. Maybe this um, finding your true self, your um, knowing yourself, like you talk about in your podcast, uh, understanding yourself better, things like that, yeah? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and most of my listeners are men, and um, I feel like it'd be very interesting to hear how you started your healing journey? Because I think a lot of the time, like it's good to have guidance and, and it's good to um, hear the story of someone who went through stuff and, and then how they helped themselves. Um, we talk a lot about counseling, um, but sometimes a counselor like is kind of from a, an above perspective and they sometimes didn't go through stuff so on my podcast, we share stories um, where we can relate and, and you go as deep as you want to go um, for people to understand uh, who what you went through. Um, yeah, so your healing journey yeah. and to share that um, would be so incredibly, yeah, valuable.
1: Yeah, for sure. So the first thing... of of noteworthiness as I you know growing up without a father it's it was very sort of unclear of you know who I am or I'm here or uh, going to school and everybody's talking about their dad and their family and you know I didn't have that so I felt outcast and different and I think we all feel outcast in different ways uh, and are all kind of seeking to understand ourselves better but that was for me I just kind of got used to it though I just felt like okay well that's just the way my life is and that's okay and can't change that and uh, we actually did uh, several blood tests with different men and it wasn't those guys and my mom had a really rough wild life as a young person she had me when she was 20 I was her fourth kid the only one that she kept so the other ones were adopted out so it's very unusual and sort of chaotic and we moved all the time and different men around uh so i didn't really have any like masculine role models or men to look up to i had a couple uncles who were criminals they were in and out of jail all the time and stealing and uh doing drugs and it was just, just very chaotic we lived above a bar and in inner city and there was shootings outside of my window like there was violence around and uh So my mom was a bartender and I was around the bars and the gangs there in the inner city of Minneapolis uh, growing up there. And she wouldn't let me go outside. So I just stayed inside all the time. And that was actually good because I probably would have gotten a lot of trouble. One of my friends actually got shot at a young age. Uh, So it's good that I stayed inside. And that kind of led me into a more meditative way of approaching everything. So having to be isolated, having to be internal almost in a confinement in a way in solitary, which is what meditation is really. It's like an, a chosen sort of solitude. So I basically had to be alone and, um, you know, I got into like video games and movies and keep any kid, but I, I spent a lot of time alone and I got to kind of sit with my thoughts a lot. And I think that led me to being interested in meditation and yoga and the spiritual path and eventually i was flipping through public access tv and there was some guy doing qigong i didn't know it's qigong but that's what he was doing on tv and uh, he's just like standing there you know with his cheap camera and uh, doing some movements and he's talking about energy you can feel energy in your body So I was like making fun of it with my friend, but then I saw it again like another day and I just tried it myself. And I was like, oh my God, I could feel the energy. I felt something. And he said, you know, feel this in your stomach. I could feel it. So I got really interested in finding that, you know, finding, it's hard to figure out when that show was on. So I only found it a couple of times on public access, Uh, but it it sort of sparked my curiosity. Like there is something more than just, you know, the everyday life that i was living in this when early teens, so i got curious about meditation and eventually found alan watts have you heard of alan watts yes yeah yeah it's great philosopher teacher writer uh the 60s 70s or so and uh i eventually found like all of his audio i could find hundreds of hours of stuff and listen to all of it over and over again and that was like my first sort of father figure really in my life Um, I had my uncles who taught me how to steal so I I was stealing things when I was young Uh, and my mom was like what are you doing like why are you I was like well you know the only men in my life are thieves so (laughs) that's what men do right Uh, so I got in a lot of trouble for that and realized like well that's not really what I want to be doing and fortunately I didn't get into drugs so dodged a bullet there uh but i did get really into meditation and like this sort of spiritual path at a pretty young age and realized ultimately that like you know any reason that we could take drugs or any reason that drugs could affect us is because they're affecting our neurochemistry what's happening in our brains it's like the drugs are just stimulating something that's already in our brains that i think we can access with breathing techniques or meditation and techniques so i started exploring that stuff and, and alan watts kind of talked about some of this stuff and uh he just had a really interesting view of the world and so i got really into that and then i just kept going like well he, t- 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 like, he starts talking about yoga so i was like okay well i'll check out yoga then so I, I was doing the meditation as best i could and like finding like some guided meditations uh but then he mentioned yoga so i started to seek out a yoga class and, uh, eventually found one at my gym that I was going to, but it was all women. So I was like this, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe it's actually just a women's only thing. <laughs> so I eventually found it wasn't just for women and tried it and loved it. And it was like meditation and movement together. So I felt like I found this thing that I was looking for, um, uh, cause it was having this way of, uh, being present and being embodied and, being with myself that wasn't uh so negative because a lot of times when i was with myself before it was i got really into like dark heavy music and um really moody stuff so i was kind of in a depressed state for a few years before that and the embodiment of yoga really got me out of that so uh this is kind of you know getting me up to my early 20s and i then i then i wanted to keep doing yoga more. So I tried that yoga class. It felt really profound and really important and like something I wanted to do every day, even though it was very much outside of my norm, not cool, you know, like all my friends that I had in high school were getting into drinking and drugs and partying all the time. And it was like this split in my life where it's like, I didn't want to do that because I saw that growing up. And uh, so I, I, just basically went out on my own and didn't really have any friends for a while. And it was just like doing yoga things and meditation things and Alan Watts stuff and listening to that all the time. And uh, I was uh, just working jobs for money at the time, but I was mainly trying to be a musician. That was my main focus in music. And uh, that was a way of expressing myself, but it was all kind of filtered through this ego lens of like, it should look this way, or I should like the music should be this way. I should have this success. Uh, oh, I'm this age now. Like, what did these people do when they were my age? Uh, so there's a lot of ego wrapped up in it. And uh, eventually, I read this book by Alex Gray, the painter. Do you know Alex Gray? You heard of him?
0: I've heard of him. Yes.
1: Yeah. So uh, he, he's like a psychedelic painter. Um, he's done all the artwork for the tool albums, the band tool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he kind of, he tries to transmit this like mystical experience as meditative experience through his art. And he has a book called the mission of art. And I read that and that really stood out to me. And he talks about this idea of ego side instead of suicide, ego side. So I was in this depressive state and I was like looking at all this stuff. Like, why are we here? What's the point? Like, who am I? And, Uh, trying to understand myself and my life and um i was very down for a while but then i read his idea of ego side it really stood out to me because he talks about how there's a certain amount of people every year jump off the golden gate bridge in san francisco and try to kill themselves and some of them survive some of them don't but the ones who survive in like the research they've done on them most to them you think, well, maybe they tried to kill themselves again and they they were successful that time. But a lot of them from the studies that they found actually survived the jump and then they feel like a part of them died rather than actually dying. Like they realize, well, if I'm willing to do that, if I'm willing to give up everything and just end it all, then everything else now is a bonus. It's just extra. It's like, I can do anything. Like if I'm willing to just end it why not just quit my job that I don't like or leave this situation I'm not happy in. And they essentially killed their ego and moved on. And that's what I did in my life is my identity was musician, cool, dark, brooding, mysterious guy, whatever. Um, And I just dropped all that and just got really into things that I actually enjoyed, which was the yoga and meditation and um, left a my, you know, it was a difficult decision, but the main person I was making music with, we were in this, it always felt darker and heavier when we were working together. And it felt more like I was going down in this darker place I didn't want to really be in. Um, So I just trusted like, okay, well, I'm going to go towards what really lights me up and what I really feel like is in alignment. And that was, I knew for sure it was just doing yoga every day. And meditating every day and that was the first step and then it was my diet and my habits and my sleep and um you know and then moving out of Minneapolis I didn't like the cold weather and moving to Texas where it's warmer and so it was just like this step by step of like um you know noticing what feels like it's in alignment and what I actually want and what's not in alignment anymore and kept doing the things that were in alignment and it started with just one thing for sure for me was, you know, the yoga, but before that, it was, uh, Alan Watts and before that it was meditation. And so now at this point, it's, I feel like most of my life is in that integrity. If like if something feels out of integrity, I can say, no, that doesn't feel right. I need to change that. Um, But for a long time, I did just kind of work jobs to make money and just kind of get by. And all I had was my yoga practice that felt in alignment, and then little food choices, little health choices, little lifestyle choices. And then that eventually led to a yoga teacher training, which completely changed my life. And then that teacher was also an astrologer. So, astrology learning, I did an apprenticeship with him. And kept studying and studying and just basically was on a 10 year run of just constantly doing trainings and learning and going to retreats and um, reading books and having lots of experiences being in deeply involved in communities uh, with that are centered around yoga and meditation and spiritual communities and uh, min's work as well. in the mankind project was really helpful. Uh, it's basically, basically I decided to just try everything because uh, everything was extra, so I willing to kill my ego of rock star, whatever. Um, you know, Trent Reznor was a big influence, like the, the really dark, moody rock music, Kurt Cobain kind of stuff. Uh, Radiohead, you know, like that was my big. Those were my father figures for a while, but it was making me more and more depressed and not feeling like myself. So I killed all of that instead of actual suicide, I had the ego side and uh, chose to just do what I actually felt in alignment. And, you know, doing yoga 12 years ago is definitely not cool <laughs> and uh, for men. And uh, and I was usually the only guy in the class. And for years, I was usually the only guy in the class. And, uh, you know, now it's a lot more normal, but it's it's like, I didn't care about that. I didn't care about you know, what anyone thought of me or what it looked like, but I was there for my healing and, you know, yoga got me in my body, got me to get into these deep meditative states of presence and uh, self-awareness. And, you know, you just start to notice all these patterns, everything that's out of alignment, and you just start to see like, okay, that's not working, that's not working and change it. And so that's kind of been my process until, you know, where I'm at now is kind of where I wanted to be the whole time of where I feel like I'm just doing the work I really enjoy and fortunate to get to help people. And that was like the ultimate conclusion of all of that. There's a few things. So number one is like, life can either be a tragedy or a comedy. And for a long time, it was a tragedy. And then I decided with the ego side that it would be a comedy and I would uh, not care what people thought and just do what felt right. And, you know, and, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, you know? And then the second thing was the MLK Martin Luther King Jr. quote that stuck with me uh, when I was in that depressive state of, he says, life's most pressing and urgent question is what are you doing to help other people? And my whole thing at that point was just trying to succeed as a musician and I wasn't really helping anybody. It was just this trying to uphold this image in my head. So I, sw- I switched to helping and even if it's just one person, even if I teach yoga class and nobody comes or one person comes, um, you know, I just, I just decided I'm going to try to help people like my teachers helped me because doing the yoga practices and the training like, uh, was by far the best thing I've ever done for myself and uh, so life-changing. And I'm, I'm a high school dropout. I had no money growing up, no family to support me And the first thing I ever completed was my yoga teacher training. And I uh, felt like that was the thing I'd been looking for is like understanding philosophy, anatomy, spirituality, meditation, all the things are included in there. So I just really stayed on that path since then. And and it's just continued to deepen and expand. I feel like I'm still learning things all the time because there's so much depth to it and uh, i was just kind of looking for that my whole life and now i feel like i'm living in alignment with that and i'm really grateful for that so hope that's a helpful
0: yeah answer yes that was such a yeah in-depth answer and so beautiful thank you so much for sharing all this um it must have been a very lonely path and a hard path at times but like you said it was so worth it it was so worth to let everything go uh, let your ego go um I can recall um Eckhart Tolle you know heard of him yes he went through yes. a similar experience and yeah now you kind of flipped around your whole life experience and are sharing uh with other people and helping them and, and inspiring them it is uh like so incredible to me to hear your story and to feel and imagine how you have felt when you were growing up. And to know now when I look at you, when I listen to your podcast, I just think he's like the role model that if I had children one day, I wanna let them know this is the direction we wanna go, right? This is and so from from not having any like inspiration and to living like growing up in darkness you created your own world you you probably have friends now that feel like family and support and everything you needed back then as a child you have now and it's because you were willing to walk through that loneliness and and yeah show your true self um thank you so yeah incredibly grateful um i cannot stop saying that when it comes to astrology i know for a lot of guys they're gonna probably switch off the the episode now but i (laughs) want to talk about it because i feel more and more people are interested in it um because you you either believe in it or not but it can teach you again a lot about yourself um, what were the experiences uh, for you that you've made? Was it in magazines or a podcast Or Yeah. When was astrology starting to change you and, and change who like how you see yourself?
1: Yeah. So there was a couple of significant things with that. Um, the first is that when I was growing up, this is just a sort of paranormal weird story and i'm not very paranormal person at all but my mom and my stepdad were playing with a ouija board when i was like eight or nine and they said if you're if you're here give us a sign you know they're asking all these questions and then finally they say okay give us a sign if you're this is real and all the power went out and the whole block and so as like a like eight-year-old kid i was like what you know like maybe it's just a coincidence, you know, whatever. But that sort of sparked my imagination of like trying to understand, like, maybe there's more to life than just, you know, physical, practical reality. And, you know, having a difficult childhood, I think a lot of people who have like traumatic, difficult childhoods, they, they look outside of the, the, you know, I didn't have the, the mom, dad, family unit thing. So you have to think outside the box, you have to look outside of what's normal and expected so you get curious about things that are more esoteric and that's what I did and uh, so I was always curious about astrology and paranormal stuff but I kind of I just stopped focusing on the paranormal stuff and I kind of followed astrology loosely even from a childhood Uh, but it wasn't until doing the yoga training and then working with my teacher his name is Matab Benton he's written a few books about uh, yoga things including the book called Astrology Yoga so he was my uh, teacher for my yoga training, but also he was an astrologer. And I heard people had amazing experiences, like people were just raving about his readings. So I scheduled one and eventually did that. And again, I was still very poor. So it took me about a year to finally pay for this like $80 reading. Uh, that's how in like doing the teacher training, I had to do like this work trade to pay for that. So there was, you know, still very poor at this point, And like 12 years ago or so. And I uh, got a reading with him and he basically told me my whole life. Like he didn't actually know me. Like we, we, I knew him as a teacher, but like looking at my birth chart, he knew like I didn't have my father. He knew like all these things about my life that are very specific and like specific dates. Uh, Like there was a certain turning point in 2008 for me. And that's, you can see that date on my uh, Vedic astrology chart. This is different than Western astrology. Western astrology doesn't have these uh, time periods in that same way. It doesn't have a lot of the same ways of going really deep like this. So this is the Vedic astrology that he taught and that's been used in India for thousands of years. And uh, yeah, that just, that reading, I it really stuck with me and uh, changed the trajectory of my life significantly. Like I was like, yoga is great. Like, okay, I know this is good. But then the astrology stuff is like, how did he see that? How does he know this stuff? I'm like, so what is it about astrology that can do this? And so I got really curious and I did an apprenticeship with him and learned as much as I could about it and didn't think I'd ever have my own work doing that or teaching it because it's so complex and so rich and deep. Uh, But eventually it came to the point of like, I realized, you know, uh, I want to help a former version of myself. That's kind of where I'm at now is like everything I'm doing now is the things I wish existed 12 years ago. And it was so much harder to find, uh, so many things, even just 10, 15 years ago. And mm-hmm. now with the internet, everything is so easy in the podcast. So my Vedic astrology podcast what was the first Vedic astrology podcast. And now there's a few, but. Uh, I created it because the stuff was confusing and difficult to learn and there weren't good websites at the time so I created that and uh, ultimately I think it's one of the most empowering tools for self-awareness and self-realization and so validating to see it's like okay you know loss of father is in my chart and I and I kind of tried to test it and tried to find him and did everything I could I even uh, worked with an FBI agent who has like records on everybody and he couldn't find them. so i just sort of that was one of the ways where i just sort of surrendered of like okay like there's some truth in this chart you know there's there's things we can control there's always things we can control and choose how to respond to life Uh, but there are some things that are bigger than us like i didn't choose to be born and uh, i probably won't consciously choose when i die but there's a lot of choice in between. But a lot of things, like I don't get to choose who's gonna, you know, show up to my classes or you know who I'm gonna interact with all the time. Or... So astrology gives us some of that perspective on those bigger universal things playing out, these karmas that are playing out. Of like, yeah, on this date something big is gonna happen uh, related to X, Y, and Z, and now I can sort of understand it a little more, maybe prepare for it. Uh, but ultimately, it's. Just a uh, sort of, as Einstein would say, like he would say, I want to know how God thinks. And I think that's what astrology is for me. It's like, I want to know how the universe is creating and understand it a little bit. I don't think I'll ever understand it fully at all. But uh, at least have a hint of like, okay, there's some patterns here that I can learn from.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Such an, a powerful part of your life now. And you make people interested in and you make it very engaging like the first time I listened to it uh, my boyfriend was in the room and like I didn't know him that well at the time I thought he was going to be like oh no like I'm going to leave the room and he was like oh no like really is that going to happen this week and uh, that's interesting well let's keep an eye out on and yeah so it was uh, very engaging and um, interesting to see that there is parallels with the vedic astrology and the real world like in politics even a couple months ago yeah. and and but then also internally um and you don't have to like give everything else up and focus only on that you can but you can see it as a guide and and see like parallels right and yeah it's yeah. uh a beautiful tool that you can use to get to know yourself better and and your environment and to relate maybe on a deeper level as well
1: yeah absolutely uh just there's so many things in the in my first reading that just stood out of like how does he know this like uh and it's once you get to understand astrology it's it's pretty clear and things like you know before that you know in the u.s here and 2021 and the insurrection thing that happened in the beginning of January like like I got a lot of messages from people of like you just said this was going to happen uh you know it's uh, it's like that's that's the kind of stuff you can just look through history and you see the patterns and it's like okay there's going to be a revolution happening so it's uh in a way it's it's uh simpler and from the Vedic perspective in India like they often think of time very long stretches in the us we often think of time in very short stretches Mm -hmm. of like what about now what am i going to do today what's the news today but often the vedic perspective is thousands of years of like you know we're going to reincarnate and come back and you know i'm i don't you know i don't think you have to believe anything or follow any particular path to understand astrology and learn from it or yoga but yeah that's the sort of vedic perspective of like there's just cycles of time playing out. There's patterns.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we're all just animals. I like to say, and we have, yeah, we go with the flow at times and we react to, to things that are happening in the world. Um, just because that energy is right there. And we felt feel like we have to awaken. Now we have to have a revolution because the old is, is not serving us anymore. And, and, I can totally see. um, Yeah. It's like waves, like, like the ocean, yeah. Coming back and forth and yeah. So yeah, we're coming to an end here. Your story is incredibly powerful in a nutshell. I would say you chose to not live a life as a victim. You chose to take what you had and leave it behind and find something new and find yourself. Um, so this in and of itself is uh, so inspiring already. Is there any message you would like to send out to mainly men, but also women um, listening out there who are still maybe stuck in a situation they don't want to be in or still feel like a victim? Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really tough. Like I remember having a job I really didn't want to be at. Uh, there was a moment that stood out where, you know, we were working overtime, like 60 hours, 70 hours a week at this window factory that I worked at. And, uh, all I could think was, I just want to Save up money and get out of this job. And me and my close friend, I had a few friends who worked there actually. And we were all just like, we just want to save up money and quit because it's it was so stressful and so difficult. And uh we were carpooling home one morning. So it was a, we worked the night shift. It's like 7 a.m. And our leader, our like shift leader guy or manager came out in front of our car like jokingly, like we were we were only going like two miles an hour, but he came out in front of our car like jokingly, like with his hands up. He's like, just kill me now. You know, he's just like, we were all stressed out. We all wanted to get out of this situation of it's not where we wanted to be. And uh, that just stood out to me. It was just like, I just need to just quit already. And I, you know, I didn't really have a good plan at the point at that point. And it was the best income I'd made at that point for sure. So it's scary. It's uncertain. It's unnerving to, to leave what is safe and familiar and what you're already in. But that feeling is there for a reason. It's like, that's, you can't ignore those feelings as men. I think we're often trained to just sort of uh, not feel and it's like, it's like, whatever I can, I can handle anything. We want to be impervious to pain essentially. And that's kind of what we admire in like action heroes or athletes like, wow, like, you know, nothing can stop them like MMA, like they can just get knocked down and get back up. And that's sort of a masculine strength. But when it comes to emotions and those little messages of like, this has got to change, this is out of alignment. Like we've got to listen to those. I think otherwise we continue to suffer in ultimately going to create a world where that's sort of normalized and maybe you have a wife or family or kids or whatever, and they see you suffering and struggling and being something you don't want to be. And that creates more of that sort of energy all around you and it reinforces it. So ultimately, uh, I think it's important to just trust those intuitions and take little actions, maybe sometimes big actions, uh, but to know that ultimately, uh, if you're, if you, if you zoom out, <laughs> we're just, uh, we're just here for a very short time and uh, we might as well make the most of it while we're here and reach out to people who have done what you want to do, right? And I, the only reason I'm a yoga teacher now is because I had so many good teachers myself. The only reason I'm an astrologer now is because I had so many good astrology teachers. And uh, that's the only reason I have any success in my business is because I've had so many good teachers and I have a lot of great men in my life and the mankind project. And just who I've met over the years and other stuff. Uh, So that's a great program that any guy can get involved in usually anywhere in the world and uh but find people who are doing what you want to be doing and eventually you'll be doing that too it's not Mm -hmm. going to be immediate but it it will happen if you just keep being around those people and keep listening to your intuition
0: Mm -hmm. very beautiful closing words and yeah as soon as you decide to shine your own light and be truly yourself you will attract also people who who see you and and who want to support you and lift you up and it's just incredible like it's scary at the beginning but they will find you if you if you're not scared anymore of of who you are and yeah Jeremy thank you so so much for your time Um, I know you just got limited time here and I'm so grateful that you made the time to be um, on my podcast here. Um, Yeah, incredible what we, yeah, just created. I'm very, very happy. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much. It's really an honor.
0: Yeah, if you have any questions, if you got curious about Jeremy's uh, podcast, please reach out to him or just Check it out on Apple Podcast or Anchor or wherever you can find podcasts. And yeah, you know where you can find me. Thanks for listening and until very soon again. Bye-bye.